This is Daniel Hagedorn for Preparing Kids for Life at PK4L.com, and our podcast is for all things parenting. This is day 51 of our 365-day journey with you. My wife and I are really passionate about helping parents reclaim their rightful place as the number one expert on their own kids. So we we focus our podcast on the time-tested principles any parent can learn and apply to build an emotionally safe home and help their children thrive. So we talk about every parent's most basic fears because they've been our fears too. Things like, I don't have what it takes to be a good parent, or I'm not qualified, or I'm going to mess my kids up. You know, as parents, we will do anything to help our kids. And since our ceiling is our children's floor, we owe it to them to always be learning and growing. So for 365 days, we are inviting you into our experiment. And we are committed to walking alongside your journey as your personal outfitters, guides, and allies every day, every step of the way. You know, one of the things that came up in the the podcast uh, series that we actually just did, uh, talking about college and graduation and if you could go back in time to your high school graduation and you were the one delivering the commencement address what would you say to yourself what would you say to your peers if you knew then what you know now because i bet you <laughs> i bet you it would be different i bet you that you would think and see things much differently than you did back then. And it got me thinking, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we, we live in a time now where we have enormous access to knowledge. I mean, if you, if you just think about this, right, there's something like, I don't know, three or four billion Google inquiries every, um, every couple hours or something. I don't know. It's, I don't want to say the, the wrong number. I just know that it's some insane number probably should have researched that before I got on the show. But anyways, it's an, it's an unbelievable number. And it, it kind of begs the question, well, who did we direct our questions to before Google came along, right? I mean, if you went back in time, um, well, and not even that far, like I'll, I'll date myself a little bit here. You know, I used to, when I was in high school, I competed in speech and debate. And we would go to the library and there was this thing called microfiche and these microfiche was on a there was a little handle that you turned and you had to scroll through all of these newspaper articles or magazine articles sometimes they had excerpts of books in there i mean but this is what you're scrolling through and then you had to simply write that write that down so your jot you, and there was no way to even copy and paste it so when you look at what you can do now, the amount of research you can do in an hour is easily more than someone could do in in a week in in older times, right? Now, what does all this have to do? Well, all I just want to do is just make the point that knowledge is easily accessible. And, and the amount of knowledge that we can acquire is absolutely enormous. But I'm going to suggest to you that the exponential rate at which we're acquiring knowledge, the same cannot be said for wisdom. In fact, I'm going to suggest to you that we have a, a catastrophic 
lack of wisdom in the way that we approach things. We go and we operate entirely on whatever we feel or think in the moment. We we run around and, and we, we get offended and think that we have the right to tell people what they should or should not think. And then if they don't think the way that we believe they should be thinking, if they don't agree with us, then we condemn them and we have all kinds of names that we call them. So we don't actually have to think about or consider their position or their ideas. We can simply dismiss them as, uh, you know, I'll call it an ist, right? Because you just sort of add whatever ist onto the end of the word. And that's what they, they are. And that negates having to actually think about or deal with ideas. Um, and it's a, it's a scary thing. So I guess we should start by, by kind of trying to uh, define wisdom a little bit. So you could say that, that, that knowledge, for example, is knowing what to say, but wisdom is knowing whether or not to say it, right? Wisdom is having an understanding of how knowledge is best applied. Because see, being knowledgeable is not the same thing as being wise. Um, I, you know, I, I am uh, someone who, uh, I have a, a deep and abiding faith in God. I know how much God has done for me. I know how much God loves me. I know that's maybe not a popular uh, outlook these days, but that's okay. You know, um, I, I'm a I'm a big boy. I can I can handle the <laughs> the criticism. But the bottom line is that um, knowledge is something that that I believe has been gathered over time through the study of the Bible, and. And I think a lot of why people dismiss or don't like the Bible is because of how it's presented. People oftentimes present and talk about the Bible like all it is, is a list of do's and don'ts. And if you check the more of the do boxes than the don't boxes, you're a good person, you're awesome. And now you get to look down on everybody else who doesn't check off as many boxes as you do. And no wonder that's kind of repulsive to people. I mean, who who wants to be around people like that? And and by the way, let me just add that's not what the Bible teaches anyways. But this is not a this is not a sermon, so I, w- I won't go too far into that. But I think what happens is that that wisdom is once you acquire knowledge, then wisdom is what acts properly upon that knowledge. Like I said, it's it's use it's knowing how to use the knowledge. It's wisdom is the application of that knowledge. So for example, it's like knowledge understands the light has turned red, but wisdom is what's applying the brakes, right? Knowledge sees the quicksand, but wisdom walks around it. Knowledge memorizes the Ten Commandments. Wisdom obeys them. Knowledge learns about God. Wisdom loves God. And so it's one of those things that we we really find quite an absence of in in our, our society. And so when we approach things, we often approach them and, and there's kind of a, um, 
you know, we, we just sort of have these catchphrases and cliches and quotes and things that we follow and their inspiration. And I'm not down on those things. I, I, I love them. But what happens is those things become a substitute for actual wisdom. You know, I just, I'm sort of like a, you know, a, a bumper sticker sage. You know, I can quote all these cool cliches that you can see on someone's bumper sticker, but how am I actually applying that in my life? See, the thing is, is knowledge is something that can just sort of make you feel good about yourself because maybe you know more than someone else does, or um, maybe you you know something that someone else doesn't. But wisdom doesn't really think about things like that. Wisdom, wisdom doesn't doesn't really care. Wisdom instead is focused on doing not just what is right, but what is good, but what is good. And I think what what happens with uh, wisdom is it's something that it is not transmitted in school. See, school is too busy teaching kids, hey, memorize this factoid that we tell you is true and important and then regurgitate that on the standardized test we give you and we'll reward you with a good grade. And if you get enough good grades, we'll reward you with a high GPA. And if your GPA is good enough, we'll reward you with a high class rank. And if your class rank is good enough, we'll reward you with, you know, an uh, uh, opportunity to go to college. And then you can go to college and go to school for six years and get in $37,000 of debt and then take a job and be largely underemployed, uh, as most people are coming out of, out of college these days. And try to pay that student loan back. And, you know, th- there's, there's this thing that's knowledge, right? But where, where is the wisdom? The wisdom is saying, you know, um, if I don't need to do that, then why should I, right? Why should I? Wisdom would say, well, let's take a look at what my options are. And let's think about very carefully is college the best option for me to get where I want to go? You know, and and judging by the number of people that are using their college degree in the actual job they have, and that's about 16, 17%, and only 24% of the jobs in America actually require a college degree. I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, it's just something to think about. I, again, the point is not to get off on a rant on that either. It's just, I'm, I'm trying to explain this in the sense of there are a lot of different um, avenues. There's a lot of different places where we see this knowledge versus wisdom um, metric at work. And, and these are, these are kind of all examples of, you know, if you, if you think about, um, how would I put it? It's it's like if you think about the way that most most people uh, approach things, it's just it's just knowledge based. They just sort of Google it, and they don't really think is that the wisest choice, right? They just sort of try to find a bunch of information, and information again is not wisdom. It just isn't. And so one of the one of the things that um, you know, one of the one of the stories that I, I love is that there there's an elderly carpenter and and he's ready to retire. So he informs 
the contractor of his plans to leave the house building business. And of course, the carpenter is going to miss the paycheck, but he wanted to live a more leisurely life with his wife and spend more time with his grandkids. And so the contractor was understandably sorry uh, to, to see one of his best workers go, but he asked if he would be willing to build just one more house as a personal favor before retiring. So although the carpenter agreed to that, over time it became obvious that, you know, his heart just wasn't, it just wasn't really in the project. His workmanship was kind of shoddy and, and he even resorted to using some inferior materials. It was actually kind of a rather sad, unfortunate way to finish what was otherwise a long, dedicated, um, distinguished career in carpentry. So the carpenter completes the job and his employer stopped by to inspect the house. The contractor simply handed the carpenter the key to the front door and said, this is your house, my gift to you. The carpenter was was stunned by, by the gesture of his employer. I mean, and almost immediately his heart filled with regret. If only, if only he had known that he was building his own house, he would have done it all so differently. And you know, so it is with us, right? We construct our lives one day at a time. And some days we put in less than our best effort in the process. And then years go by before we finally come to the astonishing realization that we have to live in the house we've built. And then we think to ourselves, if we could do it over, how different would it be? And the thing is, time is only spent, never saved. So we can only choose how we use, how we spend the time that we have. Think of this. We are the carpenter in this story. Every day, we hammer a nail, place a board, wreck the wall, do some drywall. You could, you could even say that, that life is sort of a do-it-yourself project. And the attitudes and choices of today build the house that you live in tomorrow. So, build wisely. Build wisely. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I know there are literally hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there. You chose to give us the precious gift of your time. We're grateful for that. Check out our website, pk4l.com, for more resources. And please click on the link in the show description to download your free ebook if you haven't already done so. Building an emotionally safe home as our gift to you. Remember, we are with you every day, every step of the way. So until tomorrow, have a great day. Thank you.